Welcome to the Daft Souls podcast. My name is Matt Lees and I am joined by Mr. Joe Scrabbles. Hello. And Miss Keza McDonald. Hi, it's nice to be back. It's nice to have you back. It's been a while. It I'm has. back on a roll now with the podcast. I kept missing weeks because of E3 and stuff. I wasn't even there. But, uh, are you saying this is the start of a roll? Are this we the, is the beginning we, of a roll. Are we the crunch before the roll? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're like the, the beginning of momentum as the wheel of cheese spins down. <laughs> the Somerset Hill. The Somerset Hill of destiny. <laughs> um, it's like the end of... I, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue, isn't it? It is. I was basically exactly uh, <laughs> ripping them off then. Slash homage. Hom- homage. 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 Homage phrase. <laughs> it's... Uh, that actually was Do homage. inadvertently one of the most clever jokes I've ever made. <laughs> anyway, um, talking of Destiny, no, I haven't played it. <laughs> no. It looked really good, though. It's I, all right. I, I they also look from... great, but they released it while everyone was at E3. I know, right? <laughs> it's so unfair. I, I, and I really, it's the first time I, I kind of reminded myself I do need to get a PS4 because mm. I keep thinking, well, there's no point in getting one until the games come out, but I forget that we now live in the future and at any point, somebody can just go, boom, you can just play this game now. Yes, Battlefield like Hardline. A day. I mean, Battlefield 12 minutes. Hardline. I mean, it looks all right, but it looks like a mod. You know, it doesn't mm. look like a new game. It kind of looks like a fun mod, though. I want a mod that adds grappling hooks. Like, that's why I install mods for. That's, <laughs> that's good fun. I'm, I'm you must be really disappointed whenever you install a mod that doesn't have grappling hooks. Yeah, well, I mean, grappling hooks are pretty much, that's all I mod for. <laughs> like, that's it. Half-Life 2 grappling hooks. Uh, Unreal Tournament 2003 grappling hooks. What's your favourite grappling hook mod? Well, there's not many. So, because <laughs> I've made them up. <laughs> That's uh, the problem. I see. Yeah. It's one of these fictional jokes. <laughs> these stupid made-up jokes we do. Oh. But yeah, I really want. I really want to play it. Oh, I wait, don't know where that came yeah, from. Yeah. And also now there's all these jokes that we now will miss out on forever, like the Peter Dinklage that wizard came from the moon joke. Mm. Now we'll never get to be a part of that joke because they'll fix it. They'll fix it by the time the game comes out. See, the thing is, I'm almost positive it's going to come out what like so much funnier because <laughs> they're really going to work on that line. Like he still has to say it surely because it's part of the script. <laughs> So it's going to be him really over-egging it. It's going to be, that wizard came from the moon. And everyone will be really excited. I'm I down so. I want, I want that. Yeah, I want it's a good line. incredibly hammy space adventure yeah. with guns. That'd be cool. Oh, I can't wait for it to play. I was devastated when they, the, the alpha was that weekend. I didn't really give a piss about it at all. And then something just flicked in my head. But I'm worried. I'm worried it's not real. Because I always have this with Halo games as well. There's oh, something about Bungie games like, oh, I don't know. that I just... I don't care about them at all. And then as soon as other people are playing them, I become overwhelmed with a desire to join in. Mm. And because of that, I've bought almost every Halo game since Halo 3 and played it for about an hour. Exactly the same as me. I've played, I played Halo 1 to the point of obsession. Because um, it was still well, Halo One was a really good game. It was so good, mm. and also like I used to get friends to bring their Xboxes, and we'd do sixteen player on four TVs back before internet was a thing. God, I remember that. Christ, that how fun. old? How old? Do I don't remember any of that. I only played the first Halo game when it when it came out on the Xbox 360. Oh, what the anniversary oh, edition. anniversary edition? It was it was a generational well, no, no, defining that, thing. It, that was great. It still but, stood up. Every that was single amazing. one I played Halo Two through, but then same as you, every single Halo game after, I've been like, yeah. Oh, and then I buy it, play three levels, and go. Oh, it's boring. Well, I wait for it to update. I download all the things, download all the extra map packs, and then I hop on. And I just, I, I can't get into it. I can't get into it. And I think there's a bunch of reasons for that. I think largely the community. I don't. I really dislike the fact they still have like. They did it at the E3 presentation actually. Microsoft. They still had like some like 
I think when they were announcing, oh, here's the Halo Master Chief collection, mm. it was like they had somebody doing the old um, teabagging, and it's just it's just so fucking oh, yeah, weak. Did actually it's do so teabagging? This is it. It was weak. it was funny when I was fourteen. Precisely, but and it, not anymore. The fact really. that they have it still as this cultural joke, this cultural yeah. like, oh, teabagging, yeah, it's classic. It's like no, it's fucking rubbish. Well, it's remember like, Red versus Blue? Yeah. Anyone, please. <laughs> no, see, Red versus Blue still that. It's still quite funny. Is that still going? Is that still a thing? Oh, I mean, I say when I, I say mean, it's still funny. Still I mean, oh, the original. I mean, one. you go back and watch the early videos. Oh yeah, it's yeah. still funny. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the teabagging, yeah, it's just like I don't know. There's something inherently about like I've killed you and now I'm putting my balls in your face. I mean, hilar- again, balls. hilarious when you're hilarious if you're really, nine. really yeah. funny if you're a little kid. This is the thing: do they still see their market as young teenagers who haven't played the I whole think series? It probably, no it idea. Must, it must be surely. I mean, I know my eight-year, my partner's eight-year-old son is obsessed with the idea of Halo. Yeah, partly because. I mean, well, that's still, I can't work out who this Halo Master Chief bollocks edition is for. Is it for people who want to have, like, is it for people who buy that, like, the James Bond DVD set? I'll buy the hell out of it. Who are, like, it. enthusiasts who just want to put it on their shelf. Oh, I'm not even that into any Halo apart from Halo 1, and I'll buy it. Really? Yeah, I will. You, when are you going to play all of these maps? I'm going to play, I will play the, the multiplayer that they've done, where they basically reinstated the multiplayer from the first Halos. Right. Because the problem I had with Halo 4 is I played it for a bit and I was like, oh, I'll do multiplayer, because I used to be pretty into my multiplayer Halo. And the problem they have now is that every single game has this stupid thing where you get in and you can't be good for several hours because you have to get experience points. And some motherfucker's got a jetpack. And you're like, why do I have a jetpack? That's not fair. Yeah, that's, you know, uh, yeah. It used to be an online multiplayer shooters, and this is, you know, I grew up with this. Arena shooters where nobody got experience and you all just played on a level playing field. And one bastard knew where the best gun was. Exactly. No, but then when every bastard exactly, knew where the best gun it. was, it became a whole meta game where and then, everyone's and then working the maps, out And everyone's like guarding the sniper rifle or whatever. And that's why I always, I mean, that's why I still think that the pinnacle of it for me was the first Unreal Tournament, just because I liked Halo, but it had a nasty habit of having stuff like hiding stuff like I remember but like, that, that was kind of the beauty of it. I know but it was really frustrating as a newcomer like, I remember playing yeah, Zanzibar yeah. and it being like after you played Zanzibar a bit you knew that at a certain point at the start of the level you'd fire a rocket at the windmill and somebody was trying to get the sword would get blown up and you wouldn't be able to see them <laughs> but that, that, that in itself was quite it is cool. awesome but it kind of annoyed me that it it really up until you spent enough time dying and dying and dying and dying and exploring the maps would you actually even know where any of the good stuff was but even now um, when you play any multiplayer shooter and it's like well done you've played this for 10 hours have some experience have a better gun than everybody else have this have that have a bloody jetpack what is up with the jetpacks and it just it just you know it turned me right off Halo because I don't I don't have time mm. to spend oh, yeah. I just wanted a game of Halo that's why I'm going to buy the um Master Chief Collection because I think I'm I out I just, just buy, I can buy a game I can play a game of Halo 1 for I, half I an think hour. I'm just out of uh, online shooters now I think I'm out I think I'm yeah I, I know what you mean by I'm that I'm kind of done like, yeah. I mean I, I keep trying to get back into them but that's that's why like um, stuff like Destiny kind of appeals to me because I do I do like the Borderlands games all of, the, stuff. all of their gaping faults I enjoy the, the, the cycle of just go around shoot some stuff get a different gun every now and then get a really different gun and go bloody hell <laughs> <laughs> what next <laughs> special whatever's going to happen next and then it's just more of the same guns again for a long time but I, at least it's not competitive you know you can yeah, throw I mean, around Destiny is, is the kind of game that you can play with your friends as an exploration like like an MMO with guns which is which is cool but I mean I know what you mean about competitive shooters like I can't imagine caring like I used to about I thought I was out I thought I was done with shooters full stop actually um, until and I still haven't embarrassingly I still haven't played any bloody more of it 
it because I've just been working all the time and I haven't really played any games. But I, I've, I've really been impressed by Wolfenstein. A lot so of people far. have been impressed by Wolfenstein. Um, the only thing I've, I'd say about Wolfenstein that I don't like so far, and I think is going to continue to grate as I get through the game, is their decision to do that that abysmally continually crap thing of having you face, facing enemies that just have more health. Mm. Um, I really, it's just, I understand why they do it, but it's always rubbish. Because when you start on FPS and you get a gun and you shoot a, a soldier who's your, you know, a soldier, he's a normal soldier, it's just a soldier, shoot him in the head, bang, he's dead. And then you get about three hours in and you get soldiers with a bit more armour on and you have to shoot them in the head about ten times before they die. And it's just not fun. Yeah. There's something about games where you shoot things in the head and they don't demonstrably die. And the only exception to that is probably binary domain, which had a thing of you oh. couldn't kill stuff by shooting them immediately, but every time you shot them in the head, you got a real feeling that you were shooting something in the oh, head. Because bits were flying bits off. Bits were flying off and it was binary making an amazing the noise. Best freaking <laughs> game. Oh, oh man. It, it did so it much, right? Yeah. Binary domain. Well, it just makes it, the fact that any single like grunt enemy in that game was like this sort of layered set of different mechanisms and you totally understood where they were at in their sort of in, essentially they were just a, a model that was a health bar at the same time yeah. it was amazing it, it was just brilliant. feels so good and you just, could just look at one and just go he hasn't got any armour on his left leg yeah shoot his left leg exactly like, yeah no it was, it was absolutely brilliant but yeah in Wolfenstein it started to do this thing where it's like oh it's the heavy troopers and I'm just like please don't do this yeah because it's like I, I'd much rather have an experience where he just keeps throwing more and more yeah, exactly. Because that's exactly what, like Serious Sam, apart from with that. Yeah, well, yeah. If you're gonna give, if you're gonna give people a game where they can dual wield any weapon, just throw millions of people at them. That's all you want. If you've got dual shotguns, you should be running around getting as much chance as possible to use them. Whereas, did you, yeah, did I ever play like, Titanfall? Yes, uh, I played the beta. See, the weird thing is, I played the beta for maybe ten hours. I loved it, and then as soon as it came out, I rushed out, bought it, and I've literally not turned it on once. I think I just wore myself out on the beta. Yeah, like the idea of starting again is like, oh, I don't know. I think I maybe had the fun. I think it's offers. yeah. I think it's easy to wear yourself out on I mean, Titanfall. It's, it's amazing. Like it's such a good game. It's I did, so good. I but did it's the same minute sort of the same fun. Same thing. Yeah, kind of, and it, that, that's what Halo did as well. That's what it got right. Is it did the same thirty seconds to sixty seconds of fun over and over again. And I just feel like I've accidentally inoculated myself to the fun. Yeah, it's sort of finding out what the rhythm of the game is. Like, because when you're first playing and you're like, "This is fun," you don't know why it is. It's just in you. But then when you've worked out, like in Halo, it's that feeling of taking off the shield, hit them, fun. Like that, the person is dead. I've done my job. Yeah, there is that that rhythm of smash. Yeah, and that's it. You wear them down, and then it's sudden. And like after a while, you're like, "Oh, this is all it's doing to me." Like this, like little tactile sort of loop. My most enjoyable experience in Halo was I played and it wasn't even a guy I knew he was like a friend of a friend who we just played a bit, a couple of Halo games with and, and I didn't really know him at all but we were both unemployed at the time and we just spent a lot of time playing the doubles like 2v2 oh yeah yeah um, and I got to I, I still don't even really know the guy like sometimes I've had experience with people I haven't known and I've, I feel like I've got to know them but with this, we just got good at it. <laughs> <laughs> that was we, your bond. We didn't really talk that much about other stuff. We just played and we got really good. And we had this sort of like uh, kind of unspoken thing about knowing the timing of it perfectly. Mm. And it was just a tag team. And I love the way that you'd stand there and fire. And then just as your shield was running out from you taking fire, you would duck behind a wall and then they'd replace you and they'd pop out. And it was just this, this flow of like 
both of you moving in a way and flanking in a way that meant that you'd you'd take a few hits and then let them take a few hits and it, it would basically give the other, other team the impression that you were just invincible like, <laughs> they were constantly shooting you but they weren't able to do anything while well, we just stormed and stormed like Halo Capoeira <laughs> yeah it was amazing but I kind of felt like that kind of intense tactical thing of just especially I realised at that point that it's so much harder to have communications with any more than that like um, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird with, with Halo because it started out as a very, very pure arena shooter, basically. And it kind of evolved in all sorts of ways to become a really interesting tactical shooter. And, uh, you know, in single player, Halo is an arena shooter. In multiplayer, it's a game where you get in vehicles and shoot at stuff. Mm. And, you know, the, in the first Halo, um, you could shoot someone in the head three times with the pistol. And that would take him out. Like, it was very unbalanced, and they took it out in Halo 2, but I still liked it because I was quite good at doing it. Yeah. Um, and and what, what changed, what, what has changed is that it's actually evolved into a tactical shooter. I mean, you can play Halo in loads of different ways. So that's unusual for a shooter in mm. multiplayer. Like, usually, like, like with Titanfall, it's the same fun over and over, but mm. Halo, you have lots of different varieties of fun that can be had within the systems. Yeah. I hate Titanfall doesn't really allow for that. I mean, again, I played the beta and I haven't played the full version, so I may be totally wrong about that. The Halo uh, pistol thing reminds me of uh, Turok Wars. On the N64, wow, <laughs> which was like quite crap, but I loved it because it had so many options. Mm. And back then, like options were hot. Like, oh yeah, like yeah. In Perfect yeah. Dark. It was like oh, how many options? Um, but I remember they had all these crazy weapons, and we played it a lot. We played it to death that game actually. But then we realized towards the end, we realized that actually the best weapon was the starting weapon that you always got every time you spawned, and it was just a crossbow that fired one bolt and then took a while to reload. Mm. But if you hit them in the head with it, it was a one shot kill. Wow! <laughs> and it became this thing of it was incredible incredibly hard to use but towards the end we just because if you miss your shot you're, you're done you'd occasionally pick up a cheeky cerebral bore but most of the time you'd just be like dead ching dead um, it got really intense oh I yeah. quite like another Torok game just to see what happens just to see someone try they well, not worse. that long ago right well they yeah. were well, 15 years ago Torok no, they made a, a. Wasn't there a reboot? There was, I think there was. No, a re- there was. I there? think there was a reboot. There was on the on the 360. Was there? I'm pretty sure, unless it got canned. Hang on, I'm going to use. Let's the, Google that because I'm playing the heck I'm out of that. I'm going to take advantage of the fact that I'm sitting on it next to a computer. <laughs> Turok. Turok. Xbox. 360. No, that was not a thing. Yeah. It was just called Turok, the classic reboot. Wow. Yeah, I knew it. I, knew I 100% it. did not know that existed. That's the, yep. that's the Fast and Furious of games. Turok was made by Touchstone, Disney Interactive. This was when Disney was still trying to make video games because they'd heard that there was money in them, there are heroes. <laughs> and quite then video they kind of realised that actually they didn't know a fucking thing about how to market video games and died a horrible Oh no, death. dark, gritty sci-fi world. <laughs> yep. Showcased through next-gen gameplay. Players take on the role of Joseph Turok, a <laughs> former Black no. Ops commander. No! Now no, part no. of an elite special forces squad known as Whiskey Company. Jeez, uh, maybe this is why I don't know about oh this. I wiped it from my mind. Which is on a mission to take down a war criminal. Turok's former mentor, oh Roland God. Kane. Is there any more evil name than Kane? No, but <laughs> I just love this. this. I couldn't write a better that parody than that. unbelievably <laughs> shit. Wait, wait, wait. High resolution graphics and immersive sound. Humans are your primary enemy. It's Turok! Yeah. <laughs> Humans shouldn't be your prime. Why are we getting so angry about a six year old video game reboot? I don't know, but I mean, well, I, I, I'm think, very offended I think by the that. bullet points should have just read dinosaurs. <laughs> but there weren't any, apparently. <laughs> Humans are your main enemy. I think there were some, but not enough. I'd like, love to read a review of that. It's just well, like, they did the, the same with um, dinosaurs. They did the same with that aliens piece of shit that Gearbox uh, shattered. Colonial out, Marines. Um, a little while ago. 
Um, <laughs> shout, well, they really didn't bad. shout it out. Somebody else shout it out, but then they yeah, well, yeah. then they ran around with toilet roll, going, "Oh, I've just done a really. Oh, it was us. <laughs> it was definitely us. Um, <laughs> lying, lying bastards." Um, yeah, but then I remember when I first sort of seen that, and it was like, mm, "This appears to be a lot of shooting people." Yeah, this, I remember seeing a preview, and I was like, "This is lots of shooting people." That's what isolation gets right. This Barely any be shooting. Yeah. Barely any shooting at all. But and Isolation is. looks like a game that's actually been made by uh, Creative Assembly, so they're onto something already. Yeah. Human beings. <laughs> by human beings. No, that's not fair. I think I think that the Alien game was definitely made by human beings. Mm, I, I don't think, know. I think they were homunculi. <laughs> just think human beings, perhaps without a budget. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or much ability. But, um, Whoa. No, no. Well, no, that's I, uh, fair. That's I think, completely I fair. I think it's, it's, it's probably... Made that, it's one so. or the other. I yeah. mean, either they were a bad studio... Honestly, it's both. Or a bad studio at budget. It probably was both. Mm. Um, but the, the whole thing was incredibly dodgy. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things where the truth about all that is sort of known by a lot of people, but it's something that isn't being talked about for it's gonna a be whole a variety of reasons. It's really good niche book about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the story will be fascinating. Yeah. But, uh, I wrote a book about Limbo two and a half years ago that they've still not published for some reason really yeah and it's like <laughs> even, even two and a half years kind of ironic uh, even, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to laugh about it but <laughs> why had that never occurred but yeah that's brilliant at least you got a good joke out of it uh, <laughs> even if it's taken you two and a half years but, you know, to I got, I got paid for it and everything and this is literally two and a half years ago and it's like even in 2012 that was quite an old game by game yeah, standards. Yeah. So I was like, oh, we're maybe going to miss the... And, you know, I went um, I went to see um, Play Dead in Denmark, and I lived with them for a month to write this book. Wow. And it was a great experience. It was really cool. And they were making their new game that was just announced at E3. Yeah. Two and a half years ago. looked exactly the same when I saw it two and a half years ago. Wow. But I wasn't allowed to talk about it, like, at all. Mm. Ever. I wonder what happened there, then. I wonder if they just got asked to hold it, hold, hold no, it No, I, I reckon they... Because Limbo looked like Limbo two and a half, three years before it was released. Are they just, maybe they're really, really, they're really slow. They're really perfectionist. <laughs> well, they're, they're extremely slow. And Arnt Jensen, who's the kind of... Um, the, the art guy, the artist. The artiste behind... Um, I think I go mental. But he's he's so perfectionist. Like, for instance, um, I asked him what his least favourite thing about Limbo was. And he said, at the bit where the boy gets picked up by the spider, there's two missed frames in the animation <laughs> when he's getting rolled into a cocoon. That was That's his least favourite thing about Limbo. Like, if you've got someone like that in charge of your video game... It could have just said trouble. that whole shitty gravity bit. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Probably the, the last of their own. It's probably the last third of the game it when it becomes though, a like, really subpar platformer. Yeah. I really do hope that game, that book comes out because I was, I think it was pretty good. Well, maybe it will when uh, when this new game. I was going to say when, yeah, when yeah, inside. maybe maybe it'll tie into that. But it was it was weird because I because that was um, one of the only times that I've that was the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my job because you never get to tell real stories as a games journalist so much. Well, of the time. You, you, you never do. Yeah, it's just you get to possible. write them down get paid for them and they get locked in a box <laughs> forever <laughs> forever and ever but it was rewarding I hope it comes out someday yeah well I couldn't imagine being that much perfectionistic they were crazy about because I mean I, I'm quite a perfectionist but I do hit a point where I kind of think if I don't actually finish what I'm working on now it will never ever happen but I mm. think I think Limbo nearly killed all of them yeah well, you get just mad by it yeah and they, 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 I think they did and there's um, there's the guy who's kind of the business partner of Art Jensen this guy called Dino Patti who's a business guy and you know he's, he's, a, he's a great business guy and a great a great games guy as well but um, he just we have to finish this damn game it's ridiculous yeah yeah, it's yeah. Like five years 
that's yeah, that's the thing. That's the only reason it ever came out. He just goes like, nuts, mad. And all the stuff they cut out of it was just, there was so much. They go. I, mean, I was thing. working on that bloody video about FTL for about three months. And that's nothing compared to <laughs> this. But it's like I it was of, driving me insane towards the end. I think writing a novel must be like that. You yeah. Know, when you spend four or five years writing, like George R. R. Martin, must be just. I think he's, uh, he's given he up. just really likes watching American football, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's pretty much the, the impression I, he, I get. I think he's just not writing him anymore. I think he's just like, you know what? I'm going to be dead soon. I'm just going to ride on this pile of money All he has and to keep do. trolling people. <laughs> yeah, he's just done that thing where he's gone, well, I've given them the synopsis of the last book for the TV show, so I'll just chill. You know, I'd, like, love, all right, you know, I'd love it if it, instead of him actually having given the synopsis for how it ends. He's just like had sit down conversations with a bunch of people, and he's done like that thing of like he's just given them all different information. <laughs> oh, I love that. Amazing. If like, they end like, up like, like, like yeah. Tyrion Lannister does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if he dies and they go, "It's fine, it's fine." Then they all sit down and they're all like, "What? No, that's not what I've been told." <laughs> they have to make some weird Rashomon version of Game of Thrones. Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be really cool. Imagine yeah. if he was the ultimate troll. That'd be good. I think he is the ultimate troll. <laughs> I don't think he's. I don't think he's writing anything. I think he just sits in a room for a bit and taps on some keyboards or just plays a tape that sounds a disconnected keyboard <laughs> yeah it's the whole thing's a ridiculous ruse um but yeah I haven't really played any games in the past week um I played a bit of Risk of Rain again but that was mainly to catch a couple of weeks ago because I've been away in a field for a week so yeah hmm. you've been playing anything good guys recently my, my evenings currently go like this I finish work and I go I'll have a game of Mario Kart 8 and, and then you don't sleep I pour myself a glass of wine and I have a game of Mario Kart 8 and then I drink half of the wine and play Mario Kart 8 all night Yeah, until about 1 in the morning every single time I really want to play Mario Kart but I don't know where I'd put it it's stupidly good so good it's so good it's difficult for me to I've been thinking a lot about why it's so good because uh, it's one of like with Nintendo games because they're um, because I grew up with them Mm -hmm. I struggle to analyse them in the same way as I do other games because they're very emotional so I'm just like I'm having fun yay and Mm. I don't think why am I having fun and you know in what way am I so So, but with Mario Kart I think the key is that it's just so pretty with this one it's just so good looking that like it's like a sumptuous feast for the senses to race with the tracks and it's, it's it's just beautiful and all the all the other Mario Kart stuff that you know is good is still good, but then it's just so much more beautiful than any other Nintendo game I've ever played. Uh, but yeah, that's that's now, all I've played is Mario Kart for ages. I, I tell people who play MMOs, I'm like, well, I don't want to play an MMO because it's you know I'm scared of wasting you know hours and hours of my life. And when I think about how much Mario Kart I've probably played over my oh, entire, yeah. it's probably at least six hundred hours. There's something <laughs> like, about over my like, life. Yeah, something about just one thing, just one thing. I think that's the same reason I don't really watch and I know a lot of people who play games don't anymore don't really watch films very often I don't watch films and it's because I didn't know that was a trend I think it is and I honestly think it's because of the fact that it's how we view commitment of time and I think it's like we know that we can play just a little game and it'll take 20 minutes or 40 minutes but mm. to watch a film is committing to an hour and a half to, to two hours right and you don't know whether or not it's going to be worth it because mm. films are one-offs you, even if you've read great reviews you might get to the end of it and go Oh, I wish I'd just done something else. I've had a but bit I, too I, much I, of that recently. But like American TV series shows are awesome though, because yeah, even cool. if you're watching a pilot, it's only an hour. You're only yeah. ever going to lose an hour, which is just on the cusp of like, yeah, that's all right. I'll give it an hour. Any more than that, and you'd be like, oh, I don't know. It's really um, interesting. Like, I mean, I know a lot of um, games journalists who are basically wannabe film journalists and who love film mostly and then games is a thing that must be really sad call them out (laughs) (laughs) name names get these fucking guns out come on let's bring them up bring them up (laughs) 
But I've always had exactly that issue with film. Like I am, I'm like woefully. I've never seen Top Gun. I'm woefully undereducated on films. Like yeah. it's embarrassing. I've never when seen people Top start, Gun. when people have a conversation about films, I have to just. You don't need to have hide. seen Top Gun though. I know Iceman, volleyball, um, uh, that song. I mean, like you don't need to watch it. No. You don't. Danger zone. There is something about it. <laughs> I'll say that as someone who has no joke. Sat and no joke. The, only, the only reason I should probably watch it is because it's basically a gay icon film, and I've watched most of those. Like, yeah. You know, well, it just watch. like it just gets just. I'm sorry, gets Joe. In you, films, <laughs> films are too big. I'm not watching. Them. <laughs> I'm not watching Top Gun. Too it, is, big. it is weird though, because there, there's. I've always had this problem with films, and I just I get bored after an hour. Mm. I'm like, I'm bored now. You see, I have a different thing, and um, I have this thing where like my girlfriend is more than happy to watch. She sees doesn't see starting watching a film as a commitment, whereas I'm like quite. I think maybe this maybe is part of the completionist thing. Or maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe because I have to watch a film in one go. I don't like watching the other half of a film later. Do I, people I'm gonna, do that? Yes. Think, yeah. People My, don't. Lots do of they? people. Do yes. That. Lots oh. of people do this, and I wonder if maybe because I'm pretty fascinated by how many people I know who play games have just stopped watching films. I think it's why also at the moment we're seeing. Sorry, we're going a bit off the games topic here, but <laughs> it's also why you know like, it's stuff like Edge of Tomorrow and uh, that other one with the big robots and the monsters. What's it Pacific called? Rim. Pacific Love Rim. Love that yeah. film. Is a, films which seem to be really specifically aimed at gamers, in my mm. mind, anyway. It's like big sci-fi, you know. Mm. It's very much like, hey, let's get the game market. And they've both done really, really badly in the box office. Did they? Like, Edge of Tomorrow's done terribly. Like, and that's a... Uh, considering, apparently, unlike Pacific Rim, apparently it's really, really good. You didn't like Pacific Rim. I haven't seen it, but I know that the critics... <laughs> well, the thing is, let's no, the, talk thing, about the thing about Pacific Rim is that film people didn't like it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. And I think that I think that um, it's the same as... When you're very, very into something, it's difficult to maintain the same kind of love for it as you know, the normal person who plays a normal amount of games or watches a normal amount of films or whatever. So I think like when for, if Call of Duty for me is the one I'm just like this stupid bullshit and anyone who likes it is stupid, which is not true. Lots of really great people like Call of Duty and it's it's just me being an asshole. And I think with Pacific Rim it might be the same for film people. Mm, and yeah, like, maybe. You know, they're like this is stupid and you're stupid if you like it. Yeah, because they've got because a, a stone to grow, a st- stone to grind. No. An axe to grind? An axe to grind. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Grinding stones would just be pointless. Oh, you just God. have a bunch of dust. <laughs> I had a very I had a very specific games related love of Pacific Rim for like for a very specific reason, which is everyone in that all the mechs in that film have to be con- in that film have to be controlled by two people. Oh, that's really good. So like co-op. it would have been such a good co-op game. I wanted to so, say it all the time. Like, they should have done that. Or like head and fists. Uh, it, it, it's like one half of the body each. So like one person has the left side of the body and one has the right, which seems have, really you unwieldy. You have, you have you have to have like a brain melt. But you have to mind meld. Oh, sure. Yeah, fine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just how it works. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, it's I'm, like Metal Gear Solid. I know. I, I, yeah. I, I want to watch it. I'm, I'm, I'm sounding cynical, but inside I'm just going, why haven't I seen this film? Yeah. It is really, really So good. basically, that reminds me totally of how I used to play MechWarrior 3, because MechWarrior 3, I could not deal with having the whole keyboard worth of stuff <laughs> so to do. <laughs> so me and my friend did one side of the keyboard each, and I was just watching it going, this is me playing Mac Warrior Three. This is wonderful. That's nice. It's just like they can't, they can't deal with a whole mech like I can. <laughs> it's like they've totally like realised they've totally realised that big robots are hard to control. I just, I really, really love big robots. I don't know yeah. why this is. It's a very uncharacteristic love. I don't care about cars or like any other sort of thing. Transformers don't care. Big Japanese robots love them. Yeah. Got lots of models of big Japanese robots that I got. I think it's partly because when I lived in Japan. And I got obsessed with um, the models, mm. like Gundam models and stuff. And they had armored core models of like quadruped 
yeah, robots yeah. and they I'm were I'm a so core, cool. eh? Oh, I love, I I love spending core. an hour making a robot that I then find myself completely unable to use. <laughs> I made a I made an IGN bot when I was, I was viewing Armor Core four or five five I think for for IGN back mm. in the day, and I made a massive IGN robot and it was so detailed it had a logo everywhere, <laughs> it was just great. And then when the game came out after the review period, they wiped the servers. Oh, that's not cool. They wiped forty hours of my robot fun and all my designs, and I was like, "Fuck this shit." Yeah, I remember I'm when that stuff became there. a risk suddenly, and you're yeah. like, "Am I gonna? Is this still gonna be it, or is this not gonna? Because I don't want to lose." <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the, the, the hilarious thing is, the servers were actually less populated after release than they were before. Wow. Because it sold so badly. In the that's... Had a really cool multiplayer idea as well. That game. Yeah. I mean, that game was not great. Um, no, I remember, great. It was yeah. great if you had people to play with. Well, exactly, it was, it was great if you had a... What did they call it in that? It wasn't a call. No, it wasn't was it? like it a squad or... What was it? I don't remember. It had a very it specific name. Yeah. It was a cool idea. It was fucking complicated. Yeah. It I was remember really switching on and just being yeah. like, this looks awesome, but I have no idea how it works. It's basically like, like getting a really... Like well, I kind of do and I don't. The problem with it was, like, I, I love it when you jump into a game and you go, oh, complexity. I love that. Like, when it's almost like indecipherable complexity because I love knowing like how much fun I'm going to have working out how it works sorry I just had a random memory when I was 17 16 I had my first job in video games was working on a magazine and I bought with my first wages a steel battalion controller oh fuck nice which is one of those giant like several hundred button controllers lots of joysticks I put a photo of myself on did Facebook even exist it must have been Facebook or Bebo or some shit and uh, I put a photo of myself with this controller with the joysticks just looking delighted on the internet and my colleagues photoshopped a pair of cocks <laughs> into my hands and it got circulated. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to happen. That's a, that's, a, that's a cool thing to do to your new 16-year-old But colleague. that was it. Like, I'm pretty sure that's technically illegal. Yeah, prob- there's probably something dodgy there. Probably is. Uh, I thought um, it was funny at the time. <laughs> now, it's you try to, that shit it's now. It's U-tree time. Probably get quite angry. Come on, let's drag up, let's drag them back. That's the thing, yeah. They've all left the industry now. We'll, we'll find it's happening, them. It's happening for the 70s now. In like 2030, yeah. someone's going to get that image and be like, well, someone's fucked it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's illegal. <laughs> uh, but yes, very complicated controller. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. It's taken, what, 13 episodes to get to you, Tree? <laughs> no, it's, well, we probably hit that earlier. Oh, uh, really? I, have I missed that? Probably, yeah. yeah I don't know, this certainly. is... Uh, I, I like, enjoy the fact that this, this has become like a kind of a bit of a, a robot special, so I think we should roll with that. All right. Because uh, it seems like we have been... We've gone from talking about... Um, Halo, who is basically Halo is basically a robot. Robots. Come on, uh, Halo is basically a robot. <laughs> he's Mr. Basically, Halo. I mean, his name's John Halo. Johnny Halo. <laughs> it's John Halo. Get it right. John Halo Seventeen. Yeah. Um, oh man, this reminds me. At some point, I want to get him on, but like, um, me and Martin had the best time ever at, at Halo Fest. Just we just sat giggling like schoolboys whilst coming up with fake questions that we wanted to ask the panels <laughs> and we wanted to we, the, 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 the one thing we really wanted to stand up and ask and we never had the balls to was what's your favourite Master Chief <laughs> just because everybody else there had such an incredibly specific and intimate knowledge of the entire Halo thing that we just wanted to just ruin it what's your favourite oh, yeah. Master Chief that is really tempting uh, but, yeah, I, yeah. I always get the urge to do that in demos of really really boring games Oh yeah, uh, that people care an awful lot about, you know, and it's mean. <laughs> it's yeah. mean to ask stupid questions designed to mock people. It is, it's but cruel. at the same time, like it's you know that's that's fine because at the same time, the same people 
we'll probably be fucking you over in the next interview where you have a round table about a game and somebody's asking about the number of polygons in a tank and yeah. you want to just go shut the fuck up and get out of this room <laughs> I've got to write a fucking six page preview about this and I cannot talk about how many polygons are in that tank and also he's not going to tell you because nobody even knows that you fucking prick have <laughs> I told you my Okami story I think I may even have said this on the last podcast I don't remember the, the, the first interview I was ever at was a round table about Okami and uh, it was there were a bunch of there's this, this thing with European journalists like some European journalists I don't know if it's a language barrier or what but you just get the weirdest questions and we were all you know you know what Kami was like beautiful game lots to ask about and uh, an Italian journalist asked if he is dog how does he open chest <laughs> <laughs> and the translator kind of looked at him for a bit and went sorry can you, can you repeat the question he's like yes if, if he is dog how does he open chest <laughs> This, this, got, this got translated for and everyone's kind of looking at each other like and you know eventually the, 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 well, the, the, the Japanese developer was very you know game and was like well uh, he butts the chest with his nose <laughs> and it bursts open and the Italian journalist was like okay <laughs> he like writes it down I was going to say presumably this wasn't Hideki Kamiya answering this no, otherwise he would, he would, he would have lost it down, I just yeah. found it very strange like I don't know working in magazines magazine a while ago about that you sort of you do come out of those interviews with with other media wondering what the fuck they're gonna write yeah. <laughs> what's that you preview gonna be because it's like I don't know it was like I found it I found it consistently very difficult under all sorts of pressures uh, mainly the mainly the pressure of, of dealing with developers who largely don't want to tell you fucking anything about their game yeah. and just give you three screenshots and go just yeah just write about it um, for, for an indefinitely long amount of time um, but you sort of think how are you going to do that how are you actually going to do that because I, I was always spread incredibly thin in terms of what I had to use mm. uh, and when these guys just sort of go how does a dog go open this chest, chest when, uh, <laughs> and that, how many like, polygons are involved it's like where's their fear like I don't know I, I went into so many things with a genuine fear that I was going to end up going home not having yeah, enough 300 words to write about quote, yeah. and it did become like a strategy game of being like how can I spread this information cleanly so it's not immediately evident to readers that I don't have a fucking clue what I'm talking about <laughs> I think I was quite good at it. But and what um, you do is an extended 300-word intro about your dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's this the thing. Is it. Everyone, everyone was like, "Oh, games are so so self-indulgent." It's like, no, just have page, just had word counts to fill. Yeah, <laughs> just pages to fill. Really that's really the only reason it was. I suppose at the time, yeah, that made sense. We got yeah, that, all those pages to why, fill. That was why new games journalism happened. Yeah, we got pages and pages to fill, and very little to actually talk about. And very few people working on this magazine. So it's just, be like, oh, we need a, a page on this what is it I don't know but we've got one screenshot and like this isn't a screenshot this is like concept art and like yep <laughs> and you'd just be like speculate for about 400 words yeah and, um, man very old school game I kind of like that though because I used to get really excited about the games I'd invented in my head Yeah, <laughs> I was like maybe it could be a game about this oh, and they've done games like this in the past so maybe it'll be like this but with dragons and but I'm like that oh never, my god that never happens now because there's like immediate gameplay video yeah. second anything gets well, this is the thing. the mystery's kind of gone I had this weird experience recently where I had like um, uh, I probably shouldn't name what it was. Basically, it was a game that was had not yet been announced and was going to be announced at E3. And we had like an hour long interview with the guys making it, mm -hmm. but no screenshots. So right, I had to write quite a lot about, and I got to see the screenshots after I'd finished writing it. So all so, the yeah. all the stuff was kind of fixed that I'd got wrong. But it was initially it was like. <laughs> We have to get this basically done. So just 
listen to what they're saying and avoid talking about how it looks at all. And it was wow, really odd. Rough. It was and it like but it was quite fun because there was this thing where you're like I'm imagining so much cool stuff happening right now. This game looks brilliant. And it the game has been revealed and it looks really good. But like yeah, it was this But you you odd did you thing. did used to have to do that. I remember um you know when I, I when I started on magazines in 2005 maybe and the uh the assets you'd get would be pointless or they'd just not happen until like the day before a deadline and you'd have you'd have to make it up mm. or read internet previews and make it up from that you know it's just it was ridiculous how poor and like amateurish yeah. the whole the whole scenario said that, I, I don't know if if it if it's that i become better at it or if it is a case of things becoming a little bit more homogenous but i have found myself more recently just being able to look at like a few seconds or just just even like when they announce a game or something and being like, oh, it will be this and it will work like this and it will do this and just being spot on a lot of the time. And I can't work out if it's just that I'm, I've am i got better at doing that or if it has just become a lot easier to do that. Yeah, that's the question. It's almost it? a bit yeah. depressing whenever something pops up and I just make all these like just boring kind of, oh, it'll be this sort of game with this, 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 this. And it's like, then people are like, oh, how did you know? It's like, I don't know. It's just fucking obvious, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's almost like you just sort of think, what are all the safe options? These ones, it's that. <laughs> I remember, remember when I was a kid reading N64 magazines. I think maybe it was always like that. I yeah, because I, I, I mean, they, I, mean I, I read a few, I, I was um, uh, setting up a new bookshelf the other day, so I had a bunch of magazines, old magazines, and I read a couple of N64 previews, and they were literally making it up. They had two screenshots, and, yeah. they were just, and it was nothing like the game that ended up being, but they were just having fun with it, you know, and that was, it was actually quite entertaining to read but when I was a kid I believed this as gospel <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was seven I'd be like convinced that Mischief Makers was going to be the best video game ever released by anyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? I bought that game and I fucking loved it I, I did actually even enjoy though it, it was I did enjoy well it. bad yeah, and it was well bad. weird it was, it was so strange though, do you remember games aren't that weird anymore something I'd forgotten about Mischief Makers until I was googling it a little while ago mainly to prove somebody existed because it's such a weird sounding game um, but there was one level where you had, and it was one of the hardest levels in the game, it took so long to beat, um, was you had to like take a tiny tricycle and ride it, um, and ride a tiny tricycle over this collapsing landscape uh, within a really, you, you couldn't like miss a jump or anything, it was like an incredibly tough challenge. And then you got to the end of the level and it was just one of the characters, the king, it was the king's tricycle, and then basically you got to the end and it just went, he just literally said, oh, thanks, you've got my tricycle. And then the story carried on. And it was just literally like, out of nowhere, there was this, this one level where you had to cycle the king's tricycle back to him. For no reason. Of course. And it was so fucking hard. And it was stopping <laughs> it for like hours. There was, you know those games that you kind of half remember from childhood that you think you may have made up? Yeah. Um, there, was, there was a particular game... Um, I thought it was several different games. Like I had memories of, oh, you're a mermaid in like a dungeon. And it's kind of Zelda-y. And I was like, oh, wait, no, you're a robot who's also a ninja. And I'm like, no, no, you're. And then there was another. I thought, oh, this is a different game. You're a fat guy who likes eating pies and is always naked for no reason. Turned out all of these games were Gomen Mystical Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> all of them were that, just at different points. Yeah, there's that nice dreamy thing though. I think it was um, uh, adventure, adventure kid in Monsterland. What was it called? What's it called? That something something. Adventure did it. I can't fucking remember, but it was a game basically similar to that where you could, where it wasn't like it was an action game, but you could turn into different things. Mm. Like you could turn into like a dragon man who could breathe fire. You could turn into like a bird that could fly, 
and it was like a side-scrolling little uh, adventure game. But it was just this thing. I remember I never played it, but I saw someone else playing it. But for years, I thought I just dreamt it because it was this thing of being like, it seemed so cool and amazing and expansive. And <laughs> I, as I got older, I was like, nah, they weren't, they weren't really making games like that at that time. You just dreamt that. And then eventually I saw it and I was like, holy shit, it was a game. It was a game. Like, I think that? it's even the people who grew up with um, home computers, like I grew up with consoles, this doesn't happen all that often that you remember a game and nobody knows what it was. Mm. But with people who grew up with home computers, there were all these random Amiga yeah, Spectrum and people literally had no idea what they were. Like a friend of mine was trying to remember this like Apple II adventure game. So was, yeah, that's a thing. Like we had a Mac when I was growing up, like really old Macintosh thing and we used to get um, like magazines in that would have like shareware discs so you just get loads of weird like tossed off games that just didn't you'd never see them again and the other day I was chatting to uh, Edwin who I work with at Official Xbox and he's like yeah I'm writing this thing about yeah you uh, wrote a feature about that yeah yeah so he, he wrote about that and he was and I was like oh really what are you writing about are you writing about this game called Escape Velocity and he just went Yes. <laughs> and we just sat there and just went and just reminisced about this like lost, weird, like terrible ripoff of I think it's like Elite or something like it was one of those kind of space like fairing games. And it's just beautiful this moment where you're going, It definitely existed and someone else played it. It's brilliant. That's yeah. just that's such a lovely thing. I had a weird thing and actually I mentioned it in an earlier podcast, forgot the name of it. It's Starflight is the game, but I used to love it when I was a kid, but I didn't meet anyone for years who'd heard of it. Mm. And I got such a weird look. It was um is it Casey something from Bioware? Well I think he's like the head of studio or whatever. Mm. I had an Casey Hudson, Casey Hudson yeah. yeah. I had an interview with him about uh, Mass Effect 3 before it came out and I was at the studio and it was like quite an exclusive interview and it was quite in his office it was all quite like serious and stuff and I was just chatting to him and he just sort of like said oh you know I grew up playing like, you know, games like and Starflight and I just went Starflight! <laughs> I played that! I remember that! And he just looked at me as to go like alright <laughs> but it was like he didn't really seem to realise it he was like you're the first person I've met in my life yeah. who remembers that game yeah. like, this is exciting to me because uh, this was before like I don't know now one of the things I really love about uh, working more on the internet and working more on YouTube and stuff is the fact that when you when you can't when you half remember a game or when you talk about a game you immediately get loads of people being like oh no, I remember that and, mm. and filling it. in the gaps it, it your memory it didn't used to be like that did it whereas with magazines it's just like if you don't remember the name of the game you're fucked yeah. like, you're, you just can't you, you can't fucked. crowdsource that information no I think that's starting to happen with memes now as well like there are half remembered memes from when I was a teenager <laughs> that I, I sort of you know that sounds like a lyric from a sort of half remembered memes <laughs> but you know they're, they're, they're sort of coming out. <laughs> one of the one of the um weirdest things that's ever happened to me in my life I was in a Pokemon centre in Nagoya once and there was this girl there um, who was who was quite cute and she had um, she was kind of wandering around the store looking at stuff and I was kind of wandering around the store looking at stuff and she picked up a, a plushy mudkip and just kind of held it for ages and I kind of walked up and was like so I hear you like mudkips <laughs> and she was like I was so hoping you'd come up and say that to me and it was the beginning of a lovely friendship with this girl who I just met in a Pokemon centre via a 4chan meme from, from the oh, early man. 2000s and that can, that can so easily <laughs> just be like what? <laughs> exactly can you from imagine, who? can you imagine if she had no idea maybe, maybe that like, will be like a brilliant social excuse that will get anyone out of any trouble if, if you just say something really odd at a party or something because <laughs> I do that all the fucking time I say things I just think why did you say that you freak <laughs> I mean it's alright with like people who I know or people who know I am because I'm sort of 
vaguely renowned for having a strange sense of humour and people accept that sometimes you're just going to say things that are just strange and they just go oh it's fine it's usually quite funny but that's just a bit weird <laughs> when you don't know people people just think you're a fucking weirdo I'm going to start saying that I'm going to say oh it's a meme sorry yeah, it's a, <laughs> yeah. sorry yeah it's an internet meme, meme. I thought I thought oh, yeah. get it but obviously not it's so. just not cool that's why I was talking about that it wasn't any other reason <laughs> that is excellent I'm going to start doing that genuinely um, okay let's have some questions because I've been really bad at questions in the past um, this is from Josh Taylor he asks what are the best PS3 games that you won't have heard of slash played he thinks basically there's things that aren't Uncharted um, he's, he's written Uncharted as if like a chartered accountant I like that <laughs> <laughs> like an uncharted, un- uncharted. This, this accountant's Rebel. off the chain <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> he, he doesn't do things by the book but by God that's a very different game Nathan Drake has a big black book and a red <laughs> pen um, and last etc he says only just got a PS3 so yeah like what, what would be your one recommendation for a game on the PS3 which is some people might have missed. Mine would be El Shaddai. Oh, it yes. It is a uh, beautiful, uh, random, like, weird, the kind of weird you don't get anymore, Japanese game. Hmm. And uh, it's um, basically a, uh, it's kind of a, it's sort of like a scrolling fighting game, kind of, but it's it's so bizarre. It changes. The thing about it is that it changes every level. Yeah, it's, it's fucking different. odd. In one of the levels, you're fighting an underwater dance master. Um, who keeps doing like Michael Jackson moves across the screen? Oh yeah, that bit's um, so good. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so many. I, I could name more, but there are yeah. just there are so many bits of it that you won't have any idea what's coming, and then when it does, it's just it made me I so say, happy. Actually, Jason Isaac's is in it, uh, and as the devil, <laughs> which is cool. Really, so, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's Luc- that, he's Lucifer. That's, that's Jason, Jason Isaac. Awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. I got to say, like having said earlier about how I got to a stage where you could just look at games for a couple of seconds and completely have the measure of them and be fairly spot on. That was a game where I sat next to Edwin. Um, Evan Stairwell from OXM while he was reviewing it I sat next to him playing it for hours turning around and looking at it and I have no fucking idea like one of those things where I was just like I don't know what this game is at all that's why I loved it so much because it was completely unpredictable all the way through and it was was such just just it's not amazingly good I mean I I reviewed it for Eurogamer back in the day I gave it a 9 because it was just so surprisingly Mm. great but I mean it's not the best game you'll ever play but it's so it's what, so invigorating. What's kind of lovely about it is it, it switches up constantly. They're like the settings-wise, so you'll be doing you'll be in kind of a really leafy place, and then some abstract sort of like expressionist painting, and, and then, then like a weird Islamic s- style, yeah, or like churchy thing, cyberpunk future for yeah. a bit with motorbikes. Oh, the motorbikes bit, and then there'll just be giant like strange creatures. Yeah. Are those they really long, the, the, the long, Nephilim. Yeah, kind of egg, elongated, yeah. strange things. But beneath all this is like a really pared down take on Devil May Cry combat. Yes. Like underneath all of this. Mm. And you just like, it's such a solid idea. Just have a great like fighting system and then just do mad shit around it. Yeah. That's, it's brilliant. And yeah. do you know that that game was really interesting because it was, it was uh, financed by an Indian millionaire. Really? Yeah, he basically found the guy, because the guy who made it, whose name I've forgotten, shamefully but he, he used to work for Clover Studios mm. and this uh, chap um, who founded Ignition which is an uh, Indian based game company just really loved Clover Studios so he just found this guy in the Japanese so bar cool. and was basically just like make whatever the hell you want please I'll give you all the money and that's what, how else should I have that's awesome it was great yeah. that's all I, did, I did wonder how that ever got greenlit yeah well it's a sort of wacky arty game about the bible uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy, and yeah, yeah. It's not even the Bible; it's like a weird bit of the Torah or something. Yeah, it's it like it's. Yeah. I went and interviewed the guy who made it at Gamescom years and years ago when it came out, and uh, he was because um, the thing is, both of the main characters in it are male, 
and uh, they're both quite kind of you know they've got quite scant not scantily clad but they've got you know flattering outfits you mm. say you know so they're, they're eye candy like a lot of the characters in it are eye candy and most of them are dudes and I was saying to him like what's the deal with with that because you know a lot of the time you know in Japanese games it's, it's the women mm. that are the eye candy and he just kind of took a drag on his cigarette and was like well I have a very beautiful girlfriend maybe other game designers don't have a beautiful girlfriend like that. <laughs> <laughs> just kept smoking I was that's like, excellent I love you. That, is a, that is a hot answer fantastic answer which just I don't need to look at fake women <laughs> I would have hoped he kicked up his cowboy boots onto the bar at that point um, I'd, say, I'd say Nino Kuni's excellent for the first 15 hours and then mm-hmm. it becomes a tedious chore just like every other Japanese RPG that's totally that fine though 15 much. hours of brilliance it is fucking awesome than for most. a while and then it gets annoying and then it's like this isn't very good but it's brilliant while it lasts um, um, it's on all formats but like Brothers A Tale of Two Sons which I think is cheap on PSN at the moment is that. one of so the best good. games I've played so, for so good. a long time like heartbreaking excellently thought really out if you it. have a significant other Josh play it with one hand each on the controller oh, and yeah, control one stick each significant other Josh <laughs> Josh was the question answer. Oh, right. <laughs> Keeping track, I forgot man. that. I was like, <laughs> like, does it only work if, if you your partner is called Josh? Josh. <laughs> if you're close to someone called Josh, you'll really appreciate this game. I was just like, that's weirdly specific. <laughs> uh, okay, anyway, we'll move on. Um, this is a quick and easy one. Casey Ardrey says, best and worst trends in game journalism. The best trend in game journalism is people fucking getting on with it. The worst trend in game journalism is people continually fucking talking about it. Um, I don't really. Here, here. I think yes, yeah, I'm done. I'm fucking tired of it. The amount of people sitting around and talking about what's wrong with game journalism. Most of these people, if they fucking spent more time actually doing something, they might not be so miserable. I mean, there there are problems, right? There are problems. But, you know, but like the, continually going over them on Twitter. You fix really these problems help. by looking at the things you don't like personally. And then doing, doing something that's different. Doing to your best. good work. And if if you're right, if the things that you thought were a bit crap are a bit crap, then people will look at your work and go, "That's brilliant." Yeah. And that's it. Um, <laughs> Stevie Tees asks, "You now have children." This is like the start of a choose your own adventure book. Yes. You now have children. Uh, what's the first game you would let them play? Uh, Mario. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. Is how how old are they? And like, because it's because a lot of kids are going to find Mario quite hard. Because of course, early but, Mario. I mean, it's 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 weird. It's weird this because I um my parents were quite strict. I was only allowed to play video games on Fridays and Saturdays. Right? Mm, same with me. I wasn't allowed to play. Video games were the only thing that I was ever restricted from yeah, playing. Same, same like, yeah, and look what happened to us. Yeah, right. So let your kids fucking play games, <laughs> or they'll end up like us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I um because of that. I, I got my first games console when I was seven, so relatively late. Like nowadays, kids. Are I was on nine. IPads. Oh, really? Mm. But nowadays, you know, babies are playing games on iPads. So, mm. in an ideal world, probably I would let my child play Mario when they were five or six. But in the actual world, they'd be playing Peppa Pig interactive whatever at the age of one, because that's what happens now when you're trying to placate small babies. I have a lot of friends with small babies doing headshots on Call of Duty before they're walking. Well, do you know, it is, it is distressing how young kids are playing Call of Duty in GTA. My partner has an eight-year-old boy. Almost all of his friends play Call of Duty. He plays at their houses. He doesn't play at our house. Yeah. But you can't control what they play at other people's no. houses. No. And he boasts about, oh, I played the level where you stab the man in the neck. And it's just like, oh, so sad. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was playing freaking Zelda 8, you know? When I was a kid, I was having Duke Nukem 3D locked away from me. <laughs> that's my yeah. primary, that's primary thing is, memory. That's when I started to get into that shit with, uh, with, with the freeware stuff. Because it suddenly became this thing of like, I was playing Duke Nukem 3D and my parents didn't really know. Yeah. Because 
because yeah. they didn't have a part in it. Somebody had just given it me. Like, I didn't have to buy yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that, that happened to me with PCs as well. That's how I got around the Fridays and Saturdays things. I just figured out how to download shit. Yeah. And you know, then it was like, oh, I'm playing I'm playing educational software. And it was just David of Empires, which I suppose was <laughs> Shoot, baby. We played so much Red Alert at school. I yeah, don't know yeah. why there was a copy of Red Alert, but well, we there ne- was. We, we networked, and it was the best we thing. We mentioned Network Doom and they we networked had Red Alert. Some school. I, I guess a teacher must have bought Red Alert and then left it in the classroom and someone just nicked it and then we had Red Alert forever it was the greatest yeah, we, IT lessons were incredible well, that, 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 was, that was after the Doom we just networked Doom yeah oh that's amazing that's but it was fun. I mean the, the the reality is now like even if you stop your little kid from playing something that you don't think is appropriate they'll just watch it on YouTube at some point you know um, this this eight year old stepson of mine is just like so that choice that Lee has to make at the end of The Walking Dead that's pretty hard isn't it oh my I was god like, exactly and it's just like what the fuck where have you got this from? And but he's just watched it on YouTube. He's watched everything. There's nothing you can do about it, unfortunately. No. You know you can't control it. Someone else will show them it if they don't find it. Themselves. I'm just gonna, it's, it's so sad. Though, I'm just gonna like, play Viva Pinata and force them to watch. Yeah. <laughs> See, this, this is pretend they're having fun. Yeah, this confused. is exactly my like. If I ever had my own kids, I'd be like, you are playing Nintendo and only Nintendo. Don't touch a controller. Yeah, that's <laughs> my the controller. That's the problem. You become like I remember I had a friend when I was growing up uh, who I didn't really wasn't friends with very long, but like it was one of those houses that they were only allowed to watch. Um, Blue Peter and Newsround. Ah, yes. And then the telly had to go off. Yeah, yes. And it's sort of like, I don't know who, who those those children have grown up to murder, but uh, <laughs> but like, it's just wrong. Like, But then the same thing, I remember at one point some kid being dropped off at our house for a while because it was like some friend of friend and yeah, clearly from a bit of a broken family and it's like, oh, you, you can look after him for, for the day. And I just remember sitting on the computer and just watching behind us. He was just playing GTA 3. I was like, oh, yeah, we've got loads of games to play what you want. He's like, I'm just going to play this. And I'm like, oh, GTA, okay. Because he was clearly really young. He was about eight or something. Yeah. And it was like, okay, that's quite it's quite old. And he's like, yeah. he's like, I've got it at home. And I'm just like, uh. all right, fine. And then I just sat silently on my computer just turning around. Watching us, he just repeatedly picked up prostitutes, drove them down an alleyway, shagged them, and then beat them to death. Yeah, it is concerning. And then took the money, and he just did that over and over again for hours. I was just sitting there being like, "What the fuck?" And when you see little kids play games as well, they find compulsion loops. Like they they, they'll Mm. they'll find something in the game. Like for instance, when um, when this this stepson of mine was like four, we play um, Kirby's Epic Yarn. Because I, I was like, we're going to play this. It's for children. It'll be nice. It'll be nice. And uh, he just became obsessed with this bit where you become a dolphin. Right. And so it was like, play this level. Get to the bit where you're a dolphin. Dick around for as long as you can until the timer runs out. Restart levels. <laughs> play the same level. Wait till you're a dolphin. He would just do this for hours. You know, and you'd be playing with him like, oh, please, can we finish the level? <laughs> please. But you're, you're, Yeah, we've all had our fun now. Yeah. <laughs> but your rubric for what playing a game is, like as an adult, my, like what playing a game is to me is completing levels, completing mm. tasks. As kids, they just don't care. They just mess around. Yeah. and it's So like, in GTA, that's really dangerous. It's like that's what I was, I was thinking in... Um, I don't know if it is dangerous or not, but it's just one of those well, things not that... dangerous, dangerous. I know, but... Not ideal, is it? Maybe, let's be honest. maybe... I don't know. It's more that it's like... I think the, it all boils down to the classic thing of the fact that it's like, if that kid is a bit mental... Yeah, it's not going to um, help, is it's it? It's not going to help having a, a way that they can repeatedly reenact um, a fantasy violence act. Yeah, but, then does you, it, but then you have to wonder whether it's like catharsis that's keeping them from... Yeah, we well, don't know. Well, there's no way to know. All I know is, if I'd seen Dexter, the TV show, at that point in my life, if it existed, I would have been sitting there going, fuck, it's a Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> this kid's going to be a murderer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was, I was quite a sensitive child. Like, I'd have cried forever if you'd showed me freaking... 
GTA probably as a little kid. I didn't like guns. So, but the thing is, most children are just fascinated by things they can't have. Mm. So I think that the moral of this answer to this question is whatever the hell you try to do with your children, whatever games you try to get them to play, it just won't it work. Won't you work. Now They'll have, get to the point. You now have children. <laughs> Welcome to terror. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is fucked. There's nothing you can do. Um, but yeah, I do think just, just yeah, kids do get that. Try your best, stuff. but you know. Do your best. Uh, question from Chris Booth. This one's for you, Keza. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel Kotaku UK is going? Uh, good. It's been fun. It's funny because I guess you didn't know. Keza <laughs> yeah, is in charge of Kotaku UK. I launched Kotaku UK two and a half months ago now. So um, we're still very new, but it's been going super well. Do you I've know, been... Time flies. I know, right? It's scary. Um, but we've been publishing a lot of stuff I'm proud of. The funny thing is I get a lot of people being like, oh, what's the point of Kotaku UK? Why don't you just publish it on the on the US Kotaku? And it's like, well, the point of Kotaku UK is that somebody's making money out of it. <laughs> like the publisher who has licensed the brand is making money out of making a separate site. That's why it exists. On the plus side, I now get to do all sorts of awesome shit. And so does everybody who writes for us. So. the root behind most companies. Exactly, yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, in the mean, you know, it exists because someone's making money, but that's fine because it means we can do lots of cool stuff. So it's been good. I've really enjoyed it. I so hope go it's going visit well. <laughs> Kotaku.co.uk. <laughs> it is quite good though. <laughs> how, how do you get onto it if you're in America? Does it? Do you have to press special buttons. You have to enter a special code to just get do, out of the .co.uk. Wow. I mean, Magic. If, if, by the way, also if you happen to want to view Kotaku US in the UK, you just type us.kotaku.com, and that gets around the redirect. Magic. So it's pretty easy. There's like there's loads of buttons. You, also, you can click on it. Like if you, if you're on our site and you're like, what is this stupid bullshit? I want Kotaku US. There's a big button that says go to Kotaku US. So it's not hard. It's a blend of everything, isn't it? All of the US. Mostly is it all of the US stuff or most of US stuff? Most of I I, I cut out stuff that I think is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm 100 percent honest, oh, I've got a lot. Honesty. I've got a lot of time for that. I've got a lot of time for that. That's stupid. It's quite nice. Like, I mean, I I used to, as some listeners may know, I used to work at IGN, and the way that worked, it was the same company, so it wasn't like licensed. So sure. If we saw something in the morning, I was editor of IGN UK, mm-hmm. um, the games games editor of IGN UK, and uh, if I saw something that was stupid, I'd just have to go. Oh well, <laughs> now I can just. Get rid of it. Just remove it. <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't exist on my website. And I'm like, cool. That's it is good. That's anymore. one of the things. I, you know, I, I dislike the fact that occasionally I feel like I'm actually going insane on a desert island working at home. And this is one of the reasons why, for me, this podcast is almost like therapy. Um, uh, but at the same time, one of the great things about working on your own is, yeah, you, just, you can just nix anything. I don't like this. I mean, it's gone. Almost 100% of that. I mean, Kotaku, is a, I think it's a great site. Like, I, I love the, the stuff the US comes out with. They do some great journalism and some hilarious stuff. Still, it's, it's always fun just, just to be a roof. Dictator. Exactly. It mm. is fun. It is fun. And there's things, because um, we have a relationship with the US where they publish most of what we publish as well. So we'll publish a bunch of stuff from the UK and anything that isn't UK specific, like, oh, there's this new uh, yeah, there's this new hoodie out at Uniqlo in the UK. Anything that isn't like specific, yeah. they'll tend to bring over. And they have the same thing. Like, is there a new hoodie out in the UK? <laughs> Actually, no. I wish there oh, was. I quite like I Uniqlo. I was like, what, what is it? Because I like the collaborations. Every now and then you do a really good one. You're like, oh, they're doing yeah. this. I, th- I thought they were going to do a Mega Man one at one point, but they didn't. I've got no interest in that at all. But uh, I don't know. But just... they, they have the same. Like, if they think something we do stupid, they cannot publish it. So it's nice. It's good. It's reciprocal. Ah, reciprocal banhammer. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, Llewellyn Griffiths asks, "What games have you really enjoyed that act as an exception to your usual tastes?" I'll answer this one while I give you guys a chance to think. Go for it. This one's really easy for me. Uh, it is. Forza Motorsport 2 um, really? I have no interest in cars 
Um, I've, I don't have a driving license. I can't drive. I can drive. I've driven a couple of times illegally. Don't arrest me. Um, it was fun. Well, I don't have the power to arrest you, frankly. Um, well, Citizens yeah. arrest. We could, we could actually take him down right now. Let's wrestle him to the ground. <laughs> I would say that you can't prove it, but actually a friend of mine... There, if video exists. Video proof does exist. Oh, Why would you allow yourself to be video driving for one of the only times in your life? My cool friend wanted to make a short film which involved the start of the film, uh, okay. me driving a car down to the woods. Interesting. So I wasn't on a main road. <laughs> I thought you were just doing really high but speed. Did so you have the old plates on? Technically, it was hilarious. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's like, hilarious. this is video proof of me breaking the law. Whereas on the internet, even I don't know anymore. So good luck finding that. Um, Police. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, I'm now sticking up my middle finger as if to say, oh, police. He's not, he's not doing that. I was, I was, Joe. He's, stop he's, it. He's really too cowardly even for Joe, <laughs> stop it. You're not, you're not in the gang anymore. No. I don't um, know. I don't know what. I, yeah, this is hard. I got so into Forza. I don't know why. I don't know why. Just, yeah. But not even like, just the cars. But why Forza like, 2? You the, haven't liked the rest. Well, I haven't played any other ones. Oh, okay. Um, but I just, I think I got it free with my Xbox. I got one of those bundles um, where you got some free games. Oh, yeah. I might remember them. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lego, Batman, and... Yeah, you get... It was you actually get, Lego Indiana Jones you got free with the yeah, Xbox. I, got, I did, no, I, I played that a lot as mm. well. Um, but you get a racing game and a little action game. Mm. But I got, I, I weirdly got into the tweaking the, the cars a lot. I got really into being like, wow, I use this softer suspension with these grippier tires and it'll handle like this. And I just, I was like, what's wrong with me? I became like a motorhead for like a month. Wow. Um, I really liked Madden 12. (laughs) Because, not because, I don't understand the rules. I don't know what's going on. I apologise to American listeners. Uh, this is a stupid game. I don't know what happens in it. But it's there was a rugby, there right? Was a, yeah, there was a button that made your guy do a little jump, right? <laughs> and he did this kind of little, like quite fey, like just a little kick out with his leg when he jumps. And you could use it to kick people. So I got really obsessed with just playing single player and running up to guys and doing this little like dainty kick and they'd fall over and that's Madden 12 for me it was the best I had a similar thing uh, another one when I was a child because I've never had any interest in football either not at all but uh, I remember playing ISS on the snares and I remember you could turn the fouls off so it meant that <laughs> <laughs> kick someone in the face. and then what would happen is it meant that fouls were just legal you couldn't get sent off and so you keep cropping their goalie right you crop their goalie and crop their goalie and crop their goalie until their goalie got injured and had to leave and then they bring out the replacement goalie they bring out their sub goalie and then you keep cropping that goalie <laughs> and then he gets sent off and they wouldn't have any more subs and they just wouldn't have a goalie <laughs> so I meant the game was then like during this 90 minute period of like get rid of their goalies and then you get loads of goals <laughs> that's ridiculous and it was so much fun we just sitting laughing and I've, yeah just tears that breaking sports games thing is really interesting oh, so did you fun. see that there was oh, that amazing um, article Nation, was it yes yeah, yeah. that brilliant. amazing article where that guy just broke Madden by having the worst team versus the best team <laughs> yeah with, um, with, with you know he'd, he'd done all the sliders so that people were stupidly tall or stupidly smart what happened at the end it was just like a a kind of 
terrifying four-legged yeah. kind of somehow these two players chimera like, had melded into the center of the pitch and just just nothing would happen it was just silence that's incredible as we looked at this two-assed chimera thing <laughs> riding around on the pitch it, it sounds incredible. like a bad dream it's it, well, such... yeah it's, it's really good the gifts the gifts yeah it's <laughs> unbelievable oh <laughs> mother the gifts <laughs> <laughs> let's look at that afterwards you would not believe yeah that's yeah that's good, good. Lord. Um, and finally from James Phipps what do you think what do you think of the idea that games don't need to have politics in them he says it doesn't make sense to me and I can't help but agree with that anything is inherently political by existing yeah I mean that's you basically almost all of it if you're basically I mean this is uh, something that happened with Tomodachi Life where Nintendo came out and said we're not intending to make a political statement with this game and that made it in it. It's, the thing is, you can't you can't just come out and say. You see, to me that didn't was mean it. to me that was the political statement. Exactly, like, we it, wasn't, it wasn't what they'd done so, with the game. So, yeah, exactly. What they done with the game was basically an accident of coding, and also in Japan, nobody would ever say why isn't there a gay marriage? It's just not a thing that would ever yeah. happen there. Yeah. Um. So it was just a cultural thing. And basically. also, it was that weird thing of winning that game. You're not actually like it's not like The Sims where you have a character that is you, and then you have the agency. Mm. It's more just like you have a bunch of mad bastards yeah. running around. Town I mean, it was stuff. it was stupid that you couldn't have gay relationships. But the thing is, in Japan, just nobody would ever ask. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's literally a cultural. Yeah you know, cultural uh, difference. Nobody would have asked. And so it wasn't in the programming. But what Nintendo should have done is said that. Instead they said, we're not trying to make a political statement. It's like, right, so your version of not trying to make a political statement is inventing a world in which gay people don't exist. That's that's a political statement. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you were trying or not, that's a political I statement. I think that's the funny thing, is I think it, what it basically boils down to is people who... I think actually somebody tweeted something like this the other day that I retweeted. It was like, perfect summed it up in the fact that it was like, if you think that games shouldn't be political then all it means is that the games you're playing are perfectly serving you your own politics yeah mm. and that's all it is something is not political if it stars a white man doing things that you consider completely acceptable yeah then it's not political maybe he's got a girlfriend and some friends maybe he shoots a bunch of people in the face this isn't working out as an analogy is it <laughs> maybe he's got some friends yeah it's fine everything's fine if you fine. consider a game apolitical that is, that is probably a game that just doesn't challenge your politics I think the thing is it's like everything is political but also everything has everything has an agenda of sorts and sometimes the agenda is just not rocking the boat and you've got to appreciate that is the agenda like if you play a game you think oh this game's great it doesn't have any politics not trying to shove anything down so it's agenda it is, is to its not rock the boat yeah. so it can make more money it's like, and that's the agenda that's it's the trying, agenda it's trying is, not to rub you the wrong way we want to make the maximum money this so we're going to aim for people who don't who have an extremely shallow worldview, an extremely narrow well, idea this is of the it. Like I find that people who basically say um, why are we talking about all this real world shit in video games they're not for that why would you limit video games that way? Why would you mandate that they can't talk about important real-world things that are happening? Why would you mandate that they can't treat anything apart from total fantasy that you approve of? I think that's just limiting games. Yeah, Why absolutely. Why would you say they can't? And also, why would fantasy. you say Papers, Please can't exist? I mean, it's like, it's just, it's fucking dumb for the reason that, like, you know, one of the most, a lot of the most popular forms of, like, all fiction, like, you know have been about real world things yeah, yeah. like Star Trek Lord of the Rings it's all like it's all like parallels to the world they're all things trying to make a subtle point I guess the point is it doesn't have to necessarily always be a really brash point it doesn't have to be like this is a game about racism yeah. but like games should naturally include well, why themes should, why shouldn't they have I mean the, the thing that's strange to me is people who complain about politicism politicization of games and games discourse 
Hmm. It's like, well, if you don't like it, don't buy it. That's fine. So Keep playing the games that are able as well, if you like. like. Why on earth would you say other people can't? I have think it's the way people assume it's it. not going to make. It's going to stop making a game fun. Like, I remember, like, just I loved playing Planescape Torment because it was just a really fascinating. That's a fun, very political game. In-depth game that's incredibly political. It's yeah. like drowning in politics and ideas. And hmm. I came out of that game having like just thinking about everything differently, mm. thinking about the world differently. In fact, it made me think about mortality. Yeah. And it's like, but it wasn't like in doing all of that stuff, the game was less fun. It well, wasn't like, oh, there's the less point. weapons. Like know? the people who complain about the politicization of games, it's like games are one of the only, you know, like steadfastly, you can avoid everything in that, in the game. You could skip cutscenes. You can not listen to, you don't have to, you can just play and so you could, even if you are angered by the politics somehow, it's so easy to ignore it if you like something anyway. Why just complain about it? Let it. Yeah, or, or just don't play it. Just let people enjoy what they have. But also, but, I mean, I this, think it's, it, it, it all comes down to games should be this, and if they are not this, then I'm upset for some reason. And I think the bottom line, of the agenda is it, the bottom line of it is there is an agenda there. If you're playing a game and you're thinking, oh great, developers. On, on bogging me down with bollocks like sexism, racism. The only thing you should take from that is the fact that they have decided that the most important thing on their agenda is making more money. It's not, not to make a better product. Yeah. It's to make more money because they know that if they go for a safe, conservative group of teenage boys who don't know anything about the world, they'll make more cash. That's the agenda. In the same way, it's like, you know, you, you can't... Everything has an agenda. It's like... I. I God knows how many people pick up a newspaper on the tube in London Underground. People pick up the Evening Standard. I, it, it, That's quite a hell of a political it, agenda. It actually boggles my brain to think that people might pick up a copy of the Evening Standard, which appears to be a newspaper which just reports fact, and not realise that it is an incredibly right-wing publication. Yeah, yeah. The borderline that borders very strongly on being conservative propaganda. Mm. And it's like, if you don't realise that everything you consume has an agenda... Even if that agenda is as simple as we want to make the most money, then you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- th- things are political by their very existence. Just everything's in general. Political. But you know, the thing is with art, um, that just make you know, you know, if you like if you like games that don't challenge you, fine, no one's gonna take them away. Oh, yeah. like, this is what gets me as well. It's like why why do you not allow depression quest to exist? Like, why are you so upset by Depression Quest existing? All the other games that you play still exist. Like, why, yeah. why would you pile on? Uh, I think the, the idea... Weird. That, especially because it does boil down to the idea that, like, people think that they're going to replace the games they Someone's love. Someone's going to take those and toys it's like, away. No, no, no. Because the main reason they make those games is because they make the most money. Mm. So you'll be fine. You'll always be fine because there will always be a vast majority of really stupid people um, and they'll keep serving you. So let us fucking have some other stuff as well. <laughs> right? Just let us have our bit and you go over there and play with the money men <laughs> in the money sandpit. I quite like a money sandpit. I'd love a money sandpit. That would be good, wouldn't it? I can get into making to games for white people. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Scribbles wants to make a money sandpit. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. What will I do with the money afterwards? <laughs> I'll keep it. <laughs> I'll Roll probably, around in it and post photographs to Instagram. I'll probably wet a bit of it and try and make a castle. But beyond that, just going to be in a pit. <laughs> I, I would probably fund that. Exactly. Anyway. anyway, on that note, I can't think of a better time to uh, to wrap up the podcast than with that intensely erotic image. Mm. And thank you very much for listening to Daft Souls. If you have enjoyed it, then you can... Uh, you can get your mum to listen to it maybe maybe in a car while she drives to the shops Um, see you next time (laughs) bye bye (laughs) bye